This is Incisive Decisive. Incisive Decisive. Incisive Decisive. Dentistry. Ethics. Philosophy. Hello and welcome to Incisive Decisive, a podcast about dentistry, about ethics, about philosophy, and pretty much anything we want. My name's Sean Sellers, and with me is Colin Campbell. Hello. Colin, um, what are we doing? Um, God, I don't know. We decided <laughs> that it seemed like a good idea to sit in your dining room and... Um, Do you and like re- my luxurious recording? And record, <laughs> and record uh, us talking about the things that we talk about whenever we meet up. Yeah. Um, uh, in the hope that it, that there might be some people that would be interested in listening to it, so I guess that is the that is the um, situation, the state of things. So, yeah, I think it's it's interesting because um, I don't know if you'd noticed, but you are a big deal in in, <laughs> in dentistry. And I think um, um, you've got yeah, you run a little clinic. Yeah, uh, you it is a, little. Yeah. It is, it is <laughs> little. Yeah. You run a little academy. You write a little blog that two or three people yeah have read in to. the past. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and um, you gobby. Is yeah. that the best way? Yeah, that way is, to put that, it? That, that, that. I like to see where my heart and my sleeve. But other people describe it in other ways. Yeah. yeah. Um, so why am I doing this? Um, well, you, we have a very similar philosophy, don't we? And um, the the uh, I, I think that. What I felt about this was that I write the blog into a dictaphone, and that's there's no secret yeah. into how I do it because I've told everybody lots of times. <laughs> so the blog is is a stream of consciousness of me speaking, and then so the opportunity to to do to do the actual speaking stream of consciousness speaking and record it seems like it's, a great it's like idea. A, a natural. And then so and the and the and the the genesis of our relationship mm. from when we first met each other, which hopefully we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah. Um, and you're 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 already you're already previous expertise in, in the last Tuesday project blog because in the world of blogging you know you're you're a big deal oh, right, yeah. and, uh, and, and 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 podcasting and um, and so um, I think it is as always with these type of things it is uh, it's a bit of a Chinese contract where you, you know you have a you have a you have a you have a view that's similar to maybe you have a skill set that I don't have. And I hope that I have something that I can bring to this, and then so the sum of the two parts will be greater yes, than the constituent parts. I think uh, I think it's fairly safe to say that you definitely have a skill set that I don't have. Right, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure that that's a good thing or a compliment in any way. So, um, so I guess that's I guess that's why we're here. Um, I mean, it's the, an interesting thing would be to go back to how we first met. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think because that because I've been thinking back to that. So so. That that's a story that you haven't you don't really understand. Very no, well, no, no, no. I haven't heard, but it, it relates to an individual patient that was treated by us at the clinic. Yeah. And so that patient, for the sake of anonymity and confidentiality, is neither a man nor a woman nor 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 gender fluid, and there is <clears throat> may live somewhere in the United Kingdom or may not, and may be aged between zero and a hundred. Um. But that individual was was treated in a multidisciplinary style at our clinic and, and it went, it's fair to say, about as wrong as it can go. Oh, good. Right. Good, yeah. Um and um and so it was a heartbreak case over a long period of time. Was is a heartbreak case, one of my greatest heartbreak cases. And um and so that that patient may or may not have been treated at the clinic where you may or may not mm. have worked. Mm. And um and so I was aware of that and and then 
then what happened was I, I, I turned up to provide a neurosurgery course yeah, in, in, I remember that. Yeah, in yeah. Glenfield in Leicester. Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. And at that time, I was on. I was still. I was still on Twitter, and um, and so then there's a guy in the audience who's going at Colin Campbell. This he says, right? Says this in a lecture, and I'm going shit. Um, so can't, so can't get anything out. There, well, I, yeah. it's, it's fine. It's fine to say stuff in lectures, but to be held accountable for saying them is disgraceful. Sorry, and um, and so. So if I'm honest, I was a little bit, I was a little bit like, okay, whoa, and and then, and then there was a, there was a, an, another a, another issue with this patient, and and I kind of got it in my head that you didn't like me. Oh right, okay. Right? Yeah. So I got it in my head that you thought I was some sort of wido or I was a bit of a dick, and um, and so that's the basis upon which, and then some patients I think started to come into the clinic, yeah. right, and then you you sent me a book, right. <laughs> And so completely out of the blue, more or less, mm. uh, two Christmases ago, yeah, you sent yeah, me a book, yeah. right? So you sent me the Patient Paradox book by, by Margaret McCartney, which um, it, it is no, no overstating the facts that that book has changed fundamentally the way it's, I practice it's, dentistry. It's an amazing book, right? isn't it? And so it, that book deconstructed my foundations of practice and <laughs> rebuilt them. And, and that is not a word of a lie. Um, and so I would I would return and reference that book um, forever, and and so, and you sent me that with with basically it's so the so the Amazon gift tag that comes yeah, with that yeah. is still on the whiteboard in my office, um, and it said thanks very much for writing the blog. That's that's what it was, and and so I thought shit, I, I, my, I, I that turned my whole perception of where we were on its head, mm. right? And the blog has a way of doing that sometimes, and um, and then. Um, so then we were, then we were st- we got in touch and we were chatting to each other. Then, you, then, then what actually happened was you offered to speak at the failure conference, yeah. and then the lecture that you provided at the failure conference is in the top five lectures I've ever seen in dentistry, right? And it's not just for the title of "Don't Be a Bellend," which was extraordinary, but the but the the whole introduction, proper introduction to Dunning Kruger effect, anti imposter yeah, yeah, syndrome, yeah, yeah. and all that stuff. And so if anybody ever does listen to this, um, Sean is available um, <laughs> to redo that lecture. Absolutely, it, yeah. It should be done at least around the country, that lecture, right? So anybody who listens to this who has a BDA group or an ITI study club or, or any sort of meeting of dentists needs to contact Sean. His fees are very reasonable and his agent. And, um, <laughs> 10%, yeah, that's what we agreed. You, yeah. yeah, you will get 10%. And, um, Scottish. <laughs> and so that... So from my point of view, that was my perspective of how we got to so that lecture. And then it, we went on from there. We got talking. You started to do your master's in, in ethics. And, yep. um, and, then, and then this came from that. Mm-hmm. And then the, um, and the stuff that we'll go on to do in the future and your work that you'll do with the academy on ethics and all of that stuff will, will continue. And now you're chatting to initiate the practice yeah, and yeah, some yeah. stuff with him. And so is it, do you know, was it, was it, I don't know, was it the blog that kicked it off? I don't so, know. So... Here's my side of the story. I was working in the practice um, about, it must have been about 10 years. So it must have been just when you started um, at, at what is now um, Camel Clinic. And I had a patient that I saw who um, had an implant placed by a different surgeon and had a, I think, a draining plate or size. I took a PA and it was like, about an inch into the size. I was like, oh, shit, I don't know what I'm going to do with this. I'm, I'm a, a not very good general dentist at the time, as it turns out. 
I said, and I talked to a few people, and there's, oh, there's this guy that works in Nottingham. He's brilliant. Can you, can you, uh, you might want to refer this patient to him. So filled in the, the, the actual form as it was then, sent it off. Um, They're still available as form. Yeah, no, yeah. The analog, the analog one. <laughs> the um, patient came back and I was expecting them to say, um, oh yeah, he's going to take the implant out, put another implant in. And she said, no, what he's going to do, he's going to build up bone around the existing implant and it's going to be amazing. I was like, you, you what? It's just like the actual idea of doing this kind of reparative work on this was something that completely blew my mind. I thought, oh, that's interesting. I'll keep an eye on this chap. And then, then I started reading the blog. And then and there were some things in the blog that I thought were, um, were really interesting, and I thought, oh, that resonates with me quite well. And then when I was on this course, and you, you, I don't know if you, you, meant, you grabbed me and said, oh, are you Sean? So I've got this patient in this place. And I said, I don't know. And then you said something about... Um, about Nikos, necrotizing entrosis, cavitation, or necrosis. Yeah, the the mythical. It's like <laughs> you're more likely to find the Loch monster than an actual mm, Nico. There's a That's, whole podcast on that. Yeah. So, so uh, as as well as talking on the Dunning Kruger effect, I'm also available to talk on pseudoscience and dentistry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so yeah. So uh, I thought this guy we're on the same wavelength. Whatever. Read blog. Read the blog. And I read this book, and this book was amazing patient paradox and, and margaret mccartney's brilliant and everything she said well not everything is but in she's, she's, yeah. she's she yeah, she does awesome. um, radio for inside yeah, health she does, yeah. i'm sat there and i'm sat there um it was about two weeks before christmas and i'm thinking this blog deserves some kind of reward. <laughs> I'm thinking, if I, if I do anything, I'm going, do I look like a twat? Do I, don't, do I not look like a twat? And so I just said, oh, fuck it. Send, oh, send, this, send this over. And, um, and that was it. And then it sort of uh, moved on a bit since then. We've, we've talked about um, various ethical things. I'm doing a master's in uh, dental law and ethics. I've got um, various things in the pipeline, hopefully with some kind of consent workflow with uh, a paper on uh, the uh, the ethics of evidence based dentistry. Hopefully, yeah. trying to trying to get that published. Um, and then you said, "Oh, do you want to do a podcast?" Because I do a podcast. Apparently, I'm a podcasting expert. You are as as, uh, as dentist. If you can go. see the setup that I've walked into <laughs> and, uh, and 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 here, then here's it's, a podcast. Uh, yeah, and the Gladiator line as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is done for today. Uh, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's it. And that's it. So so we're going to put this out. We're going to put it out on a regular basis, yeah. whatever that is. Yeah. Um, and we'll see where it goes. Yeah, we have. There, there, there will be no issue with content. Oh gosh. Um, so there's there, there's a lot to be said. So that so I think the regularity is not a problem. No. The um I think um the, there might be a huge issue with quality, but there won't be an issue with content <laughs> and regularity. So, uh, so that that brings us up to speed on yeah, on we who we are. Yeah. Um, what we're doing. So, shall we talk about dentistry in 2018? That, that yeah, that's a good place to start um, because everybody who works within within our our little little um, little enclave of healthcare has a has a view on that, don't they? Mm. And um, and and that um, and nobody has all the facts. Um, and I th- and I think I think generally generally speaking, dentistry in in two thousand eighteen is in difficulty. Generally, what makes you say that? <laughs> Well, I, I think if you if you looked at the at the whole the whole of dentistry, 
Um, so, so the bit that happens in my clinical mm. life in Nottingham is is the most extraordinary privilege. I, I have the, just the best job in the world, and and it's all right for mm-hmm. me. Hey? And and I get people say to say that they say or infer that quite a lot. Um, <laughs> and 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 it is it is all right for me. And it's not that nothing ever goes wrong, and it's not that it's not stressful, and it's not it's not difficult. But it is a wonderful privilege, like what I get to do. But that isn't the case for a lot of people. No. Um, and the, the 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 level and quality of care that a lot of people are receiving is um, not great, um, and there are lots of factors related to that. And um, and Andre Schroeder, who 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 is from a distance, was a bit of a hero of mine for one reason or another. He's a guy that set up the ITI, which is the International Team for Implantology, by bequeathing all his rights from dental implants back into a non-profit making foundation. Um, one of his adages to live by was. Um, um, Dr. Joe Average is below average. Um, and so when he was designing anything, he had to take that into account. And and I think I think still the United Kingdom dentistry accepts a lower standard. Do you think that's because of the system that a lot of dentists work in? Or do you think it's the training or are there external factors? Um, it would be a multifactorial problem, yeah. wouldn't it? It but, has to be, um, I suppose. I, I, I think that... Um, I think that training-wise, we're in difficulty. I think what we get, um, I think that's a case across healthcare because mm-hmm. that many things have been have been party to that. You know, the litigious society and, and also the European Working Directive and all of those things that impacted on the training. Um, and it's, you know, each generation will say, "Well, it wasn't like that in my day." Um, but um, we, one of the things we would have now, which we can reference against the clinic in Nottingham, is we have. Uh, now a, a link with the University of Glasgow. We have VTs that come to practice. Okay, yeah. Uh, not VTs. I'm sorry. Um, elective students. Mm-hmm. So end of fourth year elective students, and we chat to them about um, what they're doing and what they expect, what's expected of them when they qualify. And um, I was chatting. I went to speak to the guys and uh, the students in Glasgow in February, and John Gibson, who who will hopefully appear on this podcast later, um, watch the space, um, was talking about the extractions that they carry out yep. Um, yep. before they qualify. And and John went home and being John being John managed to get his um his old points book from when he was a student about how many things he'd done. And 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 off the top of my head, someone will correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think they're now expected to extract somewhere in the region of twelve teeth. For but, a whole dental training. Yeah. Wow. And John's was eight hundred and six yeah. that he'd done. Now I, I can tell you without a word of a lie, I, I took out um, hundred and twenty teeth in a day. Um, in Glasgow, that Glasgow is and, and deciduous teeth under general anaesthetic. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit like that. Glasgow's still a little bit like that. Um, but I mean, I was taking out teeth in Dallas on my elective as a end of fourth year student, um, and that's just one. That's just one indication of what we've got. And so we 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 have these guys coming out who are just really practically, you know, intellectually and 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 theoretically. They're at a level way beyond um, where I was, certainly in restorative dentistry. And in my time, no comments at the moment, but in my time, Glasgow just didn't teach restorative dentistry mm-hmm. at yeah. all. <laughs> um, well, Is that but, why you're so adept with the composite? Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a composite ban on me. Um, so training's one issue. And obviously, you know, in England particularly, we have um, just an extraordinarily stupid system in the National Health Service. So 
I, I don't work in the NHS. I, I work solely in private practice. I'll check but, you out. Yeah. Solely in private practice. You're, you're, yeah, you're a bit of a big deal. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, but every now and again, we get, uh, we get new patients coming in from and, and explains that I used to see an NHS dentist. And I, I don't like the term NHS dentist because mm-hmm. for me, you're a dentist. You're just a dentist. Just dentist and, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. You see NHS dentists. Um, and they don't really understand the NHS system. And I like trying to explain it to, to people when they come. And it's so difficult. And even as a dentist, it's difficult to it's explain to people. And, it's that, an, it's an and this new contract is not new anymore. We should, all be, we should all be knowing, if you're working in it, certainly knowing it inside out. Yeah. And you still see questions pop, popping up about... What can I claim for this? When do I claim a 1.2 UDA? And it's, you know, it's just so complicated for patients, practitioners, almost as if it's designed that way to make this sort of foggy. Well, the only people that make a differential really philosophically between NHS and private dentists are dentists. Yeah. Because I think whether you like it or not, a patient doesn't make that differential. They expect to get dentistry. So a patient turns up to a healthcare professional expecting healthcare. And unless it's really clearly explained to them what the differences could be, then they will expect, rightly, the same level of care. They don't get a different level of care in medicine. So this is very interesting. I was talking to my brother-in-law a few months ago, and um, we were talking about the consultation you get when you go to a doctor or a dentist. Yeah. And we had this conversation and we said, well, you do realise that when you go to a doctor or a dentist, you don't, you know, we all do things slightly differently. And he looked at me like I'd said something completely, completely weird. I was like, yeah, well, we all do things slightly differently. I was like, what do you mean? Like, no, is there not some kind of standardised way of doing things? Absolutely not at all. And he said, well, do you not get the same treatment when you go from one practitioner to another? And um, my brother-in-law works... Um, He's a, he's, he designs kitchens. He's very good at it. He's really good, really good. I said to him, in your business, are there people who are really good at doing what they do and are there people that aren't so good at doing what they do? He said, well, yeah, of course. And you know the ones that aren't so good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why should that be any different in dentistry? Yeah, yeah and, and, and the patients, though, the patients don't appreciate that. Um, I, I, and and they don't appreciate the range of opinion and how the range of opinion affects no, no, their no. treatment. And it only and and, I, and one of the things that fascinates me the most, and um, and so you're beautifully off the subject now, aren't yeah, we? Sorry. 2018 <laughs> dentistry, but it's being a patient myself. Okay. Um, and then entering back into the system for being a patient myself. So here's here's a here's a little podcast story. So I I, I uh, uh, get getting on for. Um, Two years ago, mm-hmm. um, I got diagnosed with a with a knee injury. With a, well, I, I want to call it a knee injury because I want to pretend I'm an athlete, but it's actually arthritis. So it's an age injury. And the fallout from managing to go from 12 stone when I started university to 18 stone when I finished it. It's that problem, right? And... Um, but so, and I at that time was trying to be a pretend triathlete, and I and and I couldn't. So I, 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 I was having knee pain. I was training for a big event, or I was having leg pain, and um, and so I had to to access healthcare. And you know, I don't, I don't 
I don't must not, I don't need to access healthcare. I give healthcare. Yeah. <laughs> I, do, do I, I can do it myself. I can do it myself. Give me some luxators, so I'll did, fix my knee. Well, like, what I did was I, I did a handstand in my CBCT scanner to, to see if I could get my knee scanned, but I, it was no use. And um, so I needed an MRI scan, and I, and I went to... Um, so future podcast, subject alert, patient-directed healthcare. Right, there's a whole one on patient-directed healthcare going to come up. Um, but um, so I went to see my GP. Um, and since that point, with family members and in-laws and aging family members, we've been having to go to the GP practice a lot. And, and it is quite an astonishing experience for me because I have such this privileged situation in my own clinic. Um, and so, you know, you go in and, and they say, yeah, when you come, uh, five minutes, one problem at a time. Yeah. So That's weird, isn't it? It's really weird. And... and so this is I'm trying to I'm trying my very best mm. to bring this slippery story back to the 2018 yeah, sorry, thing. Yeah. It's coming, right? Yeah. So so I had to go there and I and I said to to the I said patient directed healthcare, I said, Hi, got a really good physio, just want to get an MRI scan that's reported. Once it gets reported, we can decide if I need to go anywhere mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. Don't really want to trouble the NHS too yeah, much, yeah. right? Because I'm a because I'm a bit of a healthcare snob. Um, you know, so it's all right for everybody else to have to wait. But while I've got any money in the bank, I'm probably not going to wait, right? So don't, so don't to the GP. You know, don't worry yourself. Yeah. I'm not going to be a burden yeah, to yeah. the practice. No, 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 no. Doesn't no. work like that. Don't worry like that. Don't worry like that. We have to refer you to, and and it had to be referred, and had to go and see a consultant. Couldn't get a scan without seeing a consultant, even though it's not a radiological scan, and. Um, and in it, so, but in any event, I, I I got to cross the boundary between the two different things. And this is dentistry versus healthcare. And I'm looking at it. Went to the private hospital to see the orthopaedic surgeon. Mm-hmm. Saw him in a room with my trousers off, with nobody else. Right? Yeah, we've all been there. Doesn't have a secretary. Doesn't have a chaperone. Doesn't have an anybody. Um, doesn't, won't give me a price for the treatment that I'm going to have. About the price of a second-hand car. Okay. Um, a very, very bizarre situation. I reflect that back into the state of dentistry in 2018, right? That was a big thumbs up between Sean and I for bringing that back in. <laughs> so weak. And um, I can't, I couldn't do that with a patient that came into Absolutely me. Absolutely not. I can't say one problem. Not. I'm not looking at the rest of your body. I don't care. Um, I don't care if you might be bleeding from your tail end. I'm only interested in your yeah, eczema yeah. today. So if a patient comes into me with a sore upper right first molar and I miss a hole in a lower left first molar, I'm liable. You are in the I am crucified. Shit. I am yeah. crucified. And and so there's the next problem with so the the guys that are coming out of university are woefully under practically qualified, yeah. right? Through and through no fault of their own. No, 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 absolutely. These are the these are the most motivated, absolutely. most intelligent members of our youth. Because it's so hard to get into dentistry. And we're bringing them out and we're we're dropping them into schemes and saying on you go and I take some teeth out and they go, I'm sorry, I don't know how to do that. Yeah. And, and, and into a system that nobody understands for how they're paid and then hoping that they'll get within three or four years to a situation where they're completely self-sufficient won't work. And also, they also, in their 10-minute consultation or whatever it is they're allowed to have now, and, and there is no time set for that, but of course there is because it's all financial, um, they're supposed to see every single problem with yeah. this patient and... and even in dentistry now, if a patient presents complaining of something which is systemically wrong, the dentist is still yeah, supposed to get that. Absolutely. Even though the doctor isn't. Yeah. And we've had no training on it. And, and so that's a massive issue. The education is a massive issue. The system 
is a massive issue. And then the perception of patients of what they will achieve is a massive issue. And, and to a certain extent, the perception of dentists of what they want to be, uh, achieve as well and where they want to be in X years and what they can do. And Yes, don't, don't mince your words, though. What you're talking about is the fact that they're not worth £120,000 a year. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're not, right? Cause that, cause that it, because a newly qualified... Pediatric, take your pick, brain surgeon, transplant mm. surgeon, mm. back surgeon, whatever you want, is 77,000 yeah. quid, right? 77,000 quid is quite a good salary if you're not a pediatric brain surgeon. If you're a pediatric brain surgeon, you're often having to work now about 27 hours a day. And you can't let your juniors work because they're not well qualified enough. And so that job is really difficult. So if you're a paediatric, if you Stephen Westerby's book yeah, on yeah. right, if you do your children's cardiac surgery list and your nine o'clock dies on the table, you still have to see your eleven o'clock, okay, and do the same operation on them, hoping that they won't die. They're worth it, right? The de- the mediocre dentist is not worth one hundred and twenty grand a year. They're overvalued, and it it amazes me that. If you're a consultant surgeon at the bottom rung of, of that consultancy ladder, you're getting lots, yeah, 70, 80 grand. But if you're working full time in private practice as a dentist in decent private practice, you can, and no matter what you're doing, you can eclipse that relatively straightforwardly yep. without even having to think about it that much. And actually, for me, from the way that dentists perceive themselves as dentists, that's not right. Surely that's not right. Well, they, from one way or another, maybe there needs to be a balance in the middle. May, I don't may, know. Maybe, but but we. I used to not talk about this out loud in case the public found out. Um, but we used to play a game with um, with the VTs that I would teach, um, um, I, I, and I'd go around the VT groups in Trent, and and they would basically say I put two job descriptions up because my wife is um, my wife is a is a is a is a children's cancer nurse. She's a McMillan nurse for children. And she'll hate this podcast, so I love you, darling. And um, and I'm so proud of the job that you do, because I am. And I used to put her job description up on the left, not not, and put a, put a VT's job mm-hmm. description mm-hmm. up on the right, because they were getting paid more than her. That's crazy. It's outrageous. It's crazy. Isn't it's it? outrageous. And and so I would say to the VT's, don't tell anybody. You're doing really well, <laughs> right? And I want to say that to the dentist, but now we're, look, no one now I'm saying it publicly. If you keep it in the edit, but um, <laughs> I'm now nah. saying, I don't know how to I don't know how to edit this. By the way, Sean is the brain behind the operation. Hey, but I um, don't know how to edit yet. <laughs> but we will. Before it, if this ever sees the light of day, Sean will figure out how to edit it. So I'm just going to he'll, keep it for, for the not, inevitable GDC cases. Not, that he's going, what he's going to do, Alex, is he's going to send it to you, and we've never met. But thank you very much. But um, the the um, but look, if you are. If you are, so first reference to Alan Watts, Tragedy and Hope, in and, and, and the podcast, which is a, Google it, it's, it's a video by Alan Hope, so as an f- English philosopher, about doing what you love. If you do what you love and you get really, really good at it, you can make extraordinary sums of money in any subject, as an author, as a painter, as a, as a guy who, makes, who does dry stone walls around people's houses, as a thatcher, as a dentist... Whoever and it, and it's 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 first Lord of the Rings reference. It's if you it's it's Gimli the dwarf. Gold will run through your fingers, but over you gold will have no dominion. That's what you're trying to teach these young guys. So get good, 
and then you might get rich. Yeah. But if you first try to get rich, uh, yeah. you're really unlikely and, ever to get good. And I think that's where our first real mention of the GDC is going to have to briefly come in because there's that potential for disaster that people don't really understand, I don't think. Not, certainly not the newly qualified who are trying to pitch themselves at a quite high level. And I don't really want to talk about the GDC in great detail just at the moment. No, because we'll that, that podcast in I'm sure that's going to be <laughs> yeah. with a lot of alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> that could be dangerous. <laughs> um, but so we've got, we've got uh, dentist perception of dentistry as a problem. Yeah. We've got um, the dentistry from, from a funding perspective as a problem, yeah. training as a problem, the GDC as a problem. I think the indemnifiers at the moment yeah. are a bit of a problem. Um, certainly my dental protection subs have gone up an extortionate amount. Yeah, I'll raise you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and all I do is... So here's, an interesting, so, so here's, here's a little nugget that you'll love um, in terms of this, because we, we're getting to the root of the 2018 problems, and it's going to sound a bit miserable, this, but it won't by the end, because by the end we'll, we'll, bring, we'll, we'll put sunshine on all of it. Because, because I, have, I love what I do, and, and I, I want my children to do this job as well, and they won't, well, not all of them will, but I do want them to. Um, but... Um, but but the, the the indemnity and the indemnifiers that that that's a that's a big issue. That's a societal issue reflected in yeah, in law. But here's yeah. here's a little nugget: is is you know Montgomery consent. Um, that's another big issue that's oh, coming I down love, the track. Oh, right? I love that. Right, and we're all over <laughs> Montgomery consent, aren't we? And, and but the story behind Montgomery consent is really interesting because Scottish law philosophically protects the healthcare yeah, practitioner, yeah, yeah. right? So Scottish law will say it's better that we protect the healthcare practitioner because that's better for society. But the basis of English law is the opposite. It's better that we we protect the individual, yeah. um, and so and and that and legal systems, the, the way that the legal system is set up, uh, fundamentally affects the outcome of, of cases and what can happen in them. So, English law is much more it's much more risky to be a professional in law uh, in England very, than in Scotland. Very much so, yeah. But yeah, much yeah. more risky in Northern Ireland. Yes, apparently so. Yes. So the indemnity in Scotland. So my my full time indemnity. Um, to be an implant surgeon who does sinus grafting, so the, le- the high level implant surgeon mm. indemnity, the highest one, it's about eleven thousand a year. Okay, in Scotland it's two and a half thousand, and in Northern Ireland it's twenty one. Blimey! <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's twi- So I have a friend who I know who I would compare notes on on this, and without ever having had a case legally or or yeah, yeah. regulatory, twenty one grand. Wow, that's. That's and that reflects, it says, it's not that it's more risky than that. It's the fact that patients don't have a, there's no stop through the system. Uh, okay, they can go and yeah, go and yeah. go and go, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so where there's stops in England, but, but it's much riskier in England because basically the courts will, will take the side of the patient. Uh, and in Scotland, um, it's much safer. It's a much safer medical legal society but, in Scotland. But also in, in Scotland, you know, don't have the conditional fee agreements, the no win, no yeah. fee. So it's... That's bred the sort of the ambulance chasers over yeah. down here, hasn't it? Uh, and and Scotland's just generally better at everything. <laughs> <laughs> so as far as I'm concerned, we're still in the World Cup. It's not all bad, I don't think. I think there are there are there are good bits. I think there are. I think we've got. So we we we've done. You know, dentists coming out is terrifying, and Gosh, and um, yeah, absolutely terrifying for them, and they don't know how to take teeth out. Or doing else, but from my point of view and in my line of work, they they just don't know how to take teeth out, and it's that's that's a that's a shame, and so that's difficult. The patient's perception is really high for what they'll receive across any aspect of dentistry. The medical legal situation is a problem, 
and and so we we have this um this 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 sort of convergence of all these factors which are making it rough and tough to be to be that you've got the you know and they, and there's still a cohort in dentistry going through dental school and coming out of dental school that that and I know this because I did the poll with the dentists in Glasgow and one of them wants three hundred grand a year um one of the graduates and I'm going. Yeah, I, I will. And so you've got this expectation and, and, and I guess, you know, we have to, I guess what we'd like to achieve in this nonsense that we're doing here and, and, and recordings and stuff is to get, to get a message out that goes across as widely as we think it, it could, however wide that is to, to, to say, no, you're not going to get 300 grand a year. You need to be good before you're rich you need to look after patients, but we also need to foster a relationship with patients so that they're realistic about what they can expect. And that's where we get back to some sort of even keel in yeah. healthcare. Yeah. And, it, you know, we can talk about it in dentistry because it's our little corner of the world. Absolutely. But it should apply across... Across the board. Yeah, really. it should. I think it's quite an exciting time to be in dentistry at the moment. We've got lots of new innovations coming through you've got lots of digital scanning stuff coming through i'm a bit of a nerd as you may have gathered Uh, (laughs) um, and the fact that you can have a complete digital workflow now i know you're doing quite a lot with that and that's quite cutting edge i think Um, and i think in the future that's going to be great and i you know i think 10 20 years time why can't we be not even that 3D printing fillings, 3D printing uh, all that? Yeah, definitely. And why why are we not looking at doing that? My my thing that I think we're going to be doing in twenty years time. You've got your set of loops on. It's uh, augmented reality. It's telling you exactly what yeah. tear is, exactly what's this, exactly yeah. what to do. So you know, if you take away that, do I need to take this stained bit of dentine away? Do I need to do this? And mm-hmm. how long should I be etching this for? Is this? And it's got information coming in. Yeah, because that would be that would make dentistry so much more predictable and, well, it, and the results it, better. It's really exciting, dentistry, like um, like going down a really, really, really steep hill in a really fast car with no brakes, like that exciting, right? So <laughs> so not exciting like opening your presents on Christmas morning, exciting, right? Exciting like, is my parachute going to open? Exciting, right? But, um, yeah, I mean, if you... We we this we can get as you know as fundamental and as deep as we like in these discussions. Once you have established you're enough, mm. and then by enough I guess I mean this the bits of your life that you want the want need to have the amount of money that you think you need to have. Once you establish you're enough, then you can get to the really really cool shit. Yeah, and and yeah. what you're talking about is so. So a few weeks ago in Helsinki at Plan Mecca's headquarters, I got to um, plan. Um, do implant planning in VR, right? So there's my VR goggles, my HTC VR goggles on, and I'm planning a case in a three-dimensional skull, and I'm putting the implants in and tweaking them and all that. And and so that's already here. You know, as far as you, you know, we do a lot of CEREC restorations, and we're not we're not the we're not the great the country's greatest experts in CEREC, but pretty good at it. Um, well, that's already that's just an STL file. Mm. You can mill it or print it. Yeah. Matter. It's matter. As soon as you've got a printer, that'll just print having ceramic. the having the right yeah. The Once right you print ceramic, and we do a lot of printing at the practice. We're mm. printing um, all our surgical guides. We can print models. We can print jaws. We're, that's all. That, I mean, that's now just day to day our place. Isn't that amazing? It's extraordinary. And and we looked at we 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 were with we had a most extraordinary trip. Plan Mecca is a is a, is a, Carlo Higgins will love that. He'll listen to this. So that's a really cool heads up for Carl. Plan Mecca is a, a great company. 
Very innovative, very cool. I'm available to talk at uh, Plan Beckett as well. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be getting an email. <laughs> and the the um, but we so we're chatting to the guys that were that were doing that VR stuff, and and I think you're right. I think it's augmented reality. I think yeah, yeah. that is the next step. And I think I think your your lips, the head up display on your lips, right? That would be. Yeah, uh, that, um, but that all all that tech's already here. Um, yeah, it is, but it's just it'll, it's, it's just, just bringing it's, it into the it's making it mature, and then yeah, finding the applications for it uh, in a, with an evidence base. Uh, yes, well, we'll get <laughs> onto that at some point, I think. Yeah, so, definitely. so, so, so that that again is because um, it's got to make it better. It doesn't. It can't just make no, it cooler. No, no. But if you are um, if you are be able to get the procedures correct and know ex- and have a better idea of what's yeah. going to be successful. I was having a chat with um, with one of the restorative guys that, that works at your place last week, Neil, and we were talking about proceduralizing treatment. Mm-hmm. So we are, again, as, as we often do, comparing healthcare to the aviation industry. Yeah. And we were saying how, you know, if you're going to fly a plane, you know that your pilot and their co-pilot have gone round and done all their checks, mm-hmm. and you feel safe because of that. Mm-hmm. And they've got a list, and they tick their list off. But if if we're healthcare professionals and we need to refer to a list, well, we don't know our job. Uh-huh. And it's just that mentality, isn't it? And actually, if you can get really good procedures in place that have variants in them, yeah. dependent on the situation, yeah, then you've got a you can you can study it so you can put much better you get evidence behind it you can study it you can compare and you can improve yeah that's exactly right whereas at the moment what we tend to do is oh, i've etched that for some oh, seconds and yeah. i've bonded that for, and then you are going to that thing where and this will come up in a later episode you rely on what works in your hands mm-hmm. and for me that's risky confirmation bias absolutely yeah so that's Dentistry in 2018. I think it is. So, and and I was gl- I'm really glad that we've had the opportunity to fix everything completely. I know, it's amazing, and isn't so it? So now um, everybody who listens to this, obviously, will be able now to enjoy the rest of this career <laughs> totally unhindered. And it's been a pleasure to do that. And if, in, in case we didn't mention this through that first episode, Sean is available to speak. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the first episode of Incisive Decisive. I hope you enjoyed it. Get in touch um, if you want to have a chat, if you want to ask any questions. Um, see you soon. Bye. Well, that's it for the first episode of Incisive Decisive. We hope you liked it. Please feel free to get in touch. Our email address is info at incisivedecisive.com. We're also on Twitter at IncisivePod. The website, if it's not up by now, will be up in the next week or so, incisivedecisive.com, and we should have a Facebook page going live very soon as well. Our intro music is by the wonderful Gallops. Hear more from them at gallopsgallops.com. Until next time, that's Incisive Decisive. Next time on Incisive Decisive. I fucking hate Facebook. <laughs> what dentists think of its good things is what they think and what their mates think. We have created a culture around Facebook evidence that we've sold to people coming into dentistry about what they might get when they come out. <laughs>